This is Harry Hog Football. On today's show, we talk about the game between the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants and how much the ghetto lands sucks for us. We give our game balls, our kicks in the balls, and our observations from the week. This and much, much more, live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 what's up, John? Yo, 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 what's up? Wait, why are we in a good mood? Yeah, why are we? Because we've had a few days for the dust to settle, so to speak. Yeah, that's true. And we're looking forward to the 15-in-1 season coming up. That's right. Oh, yeah. 15-1, baby. NFC champions. About, coming to dude, NFC East. NFC. About, NFL. <laughs> Dudes, we're going to the Super Bowl. Everyone knows it. We might as well just admit it. There were about 17 people just then that were like, those dudes are on crack. Yeah, Jason exactly. Campbell sucks. Jim Zorn sucks. We're never going anywhere while Dan Snyder's owner of this team. Well, they're partially right. Yeah. Those of you who have uh, listened to us in the past are thinking the same thing that we're thinking right now, actually. Dude, where's Josh? <laughs> where is Josh? We're not quite sure I- where Josh is. We were waiting around for him for a while, and uh, we had to go ahead and start without him. He's MIA, kind of like uh, Jason Campbell's decision-making, or good decision-making, was MIA on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, what the hey? And Jim Zorn's play calling was MIA. But we'll get into that, because we've got an action-packed show for you, even if Josh doesn't ever chime in. Yeah, he may show up eventually, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway... Um, all right, we'll just dive right into it here without Josh. Uh, it's a little we- it's a little awkward. Yeah, awkward. Uh, yeah, like, like really yeah. strange. In case you guys didn't see the game, once again we marched into the ghetto lands and we marched out with our heads hanging low. Yeah, we basically went in there and uh, don't don't let the one touchdown score fool you. Uh. We basically went in there and S the B, which is a, which is a poop the bed, except the first word starts with a S. That's John's family rated version of that That's thing. Right. And yeah. um, yeah, dudes, we pretty much got it handed to us. Yeah, again, and we were talking about this before. It seems like, especially in recent memory, every time we go to the ghetto land, we suck. It's the team comes out totally flat, you know. They they just it doesn't matter how good or bad the Giants are. We always get all, go up there and we suck. I know it's like they just go up there like they don't really feel like playing. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. I, I, it's, it's just it's flabbergasting. It's, it was very interesting, but um, I'm going to talk about some positives here though. All right, we'll we'll try to look at some of the positives here. First thing, um, Hunter Smith, what a great pickup in the off season! Way to go, Hunter! Woo! The uh, the fake field goal was awesome. I didn't even fake me up. I wasn't even calling for that. No, neither was I. And 
as I was cheering, go, go, as dude was slowly locomoting towards the corner of the end zone. It was like watching <laughs> slow motion. It was like, go, hunter. Well, dude, I remember I was on the phone with you, and since I have satellite, you get the feed like three seconds before me. <laughs> and you were just like, you were just like, he faked it. And I was like, crap, because I thought he had faked it and, like, flubbed it and already gotten tackled or something. Yeah, I thought and he I wasn't was like, going to make it. Go, go, go. And I think, I think after I saw he was going, I was like, all right, he's got the first down, but he's never going to get the touchdown, which means we're get, still going to end up having to kick a field goal anyway because our offense can't move the ball in the red zone again. Because that's the way it always seems to work. But he made it but in. he did make got it. Got into the end zone, scored a touchdown. That was great. He also had a good game punting. He, I know he dropped one or two into the. Uh, I know he dropped one or two into the uh, into the red zone. Um, kind of coffin cornered a couple of them. Uh, but you know, if you're in the first game and you're down seven, well, wasn't it seventeen nothing at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got to pull out a fake field goal to score your first points of the season, dudes. Yeah, dude. He actually had, I'm looking at the stats right here, he had five punts for average of 38.6. Longest was 49, one touchback, and one inside the 20. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't that stellar, but it wasn't, it was pretty standard instead of like, oh my, he shanked that like we're used to. Yeah, you you sure, (laughs) every time he got the ball, you weren't just like, oh my God, I hope he doesn't kick it seven yards. (laughs) <laughs> like damn Derek Frost and fill in the blank before him and him and after him and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. Frosty. Anyway, you want to go straight into the games and the kicks? Dude, we might as well get into the games and kicks right here. And we'll we'll make up one for Josh on each level unless he uh he makes his way into the podcast this evening. Unless he chimes in. He might be still stuck in Oregon for all uh-huh. I know. Yeah, truly. He did have to watch the game on the West Coast at a, a Buffalo Wild Wings. All right, here's the game by the woods. All right, so dude, and now, seriously. The coveted and ever elusive Game Ball Awards. All right, we had a little technical difficulty, but I think we're back on track now. I bet we are. Okay. I blame Josh. All right, yeah, the game balls and kick and the game balls awards. All right, let's go straight into that. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first for once because we usually jump all over it and then and we don't give you the opportunity to uh, get, get your first pick out there. All right. Even though he had a crappy play, second play from scrimmage, I'm going to give my game ball to none other than Antoine Randall L. Seven catches, 98 yards, long of 35. Dude, I think that's fair. I think he made up for that bad play at the beginning. He was like pulling him in. He did have that bad play where he just just kept backpedaling and doing that Antoine dance that he always does. Instead uh, which of, is why he doesn't return punts anymore. Instead of just throwing it away because he was outside of the pocket. Exactly. Anyway. And again, why are we going with the trick play that early? Why aren't you just letting Jason Campbell drop back or do play action or something? But we can talk about that when we get to the kicks. This is the game. That's balls. right. All right. So his Yeah, dude, Antoine Randallel had a great game. And I remember as, it, as the slot yeah, receiver. Yeah, and I remember at least one third down where I was like, oh, dude, we have to make this third down. And he got it. So... That's who my game yeah. ball is going to. Um, what yeah, about you, dude? Solid. What about you? Um, my game ball 
let's see. But I, I, I'm just really, really itching to go right into the kicks here, but I guess I am going to have to give a game ball. I'll go ahead and give mine to uh, Hunter Smith for having a good game, for running, locomoting himself towards the corner of the end zone. And and upon further review, he did have it a little bit better than I thought he did. Like, it from the first angle, it looked like he wasn't going to make it in for that touchdown. But hey, man, our punter scored our first touchdown of the season. I think he deserves a game ball for that. Yeah, but on the other hand, I don't think that bodes well. No, it doesn't bode well for the <laughs> uh, for the entire picture, but, you know, good for him. Yeah, good job, Hunter Smith, with his second career touchdown. And thanks for not shanking any punts at, like, you know, the most the least opportune times, as Derek Frost always did. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right, well, without Josh, oh, we have to make one up for Josh. Oh, we've got to make one up for Josh. Oh, dudes, let's see, uh... Uh, my game ball, uh, usually I go with the defense, so let's see, uh, I'm gonna give my game ball, I'd probably give it to Leron Landry, except, uh, no, let's give him a good one. He'll give it to London Fletcher, cause London Fletcher played out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And he kinda had to, because a lot of people around him weren't playing out of their minds, we're gonna get to that in a minute. Um, London Fletcher's line on the game was... 11 tackles, 7 assists, 1 pass defended. That's um, a busy day for your uh, for your middle linebacker. Yeah, and the uh, stats that I'm looking at, like I don't know which one is correct, but mine says he had 18 tackles. Yeah, I think that's total. Um, okay, 0 assists. 11 plus 7. Oh, okay. Maybe they just didn't separate out the assists. Okay. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Anyway, he had a lot of tackles. And he was pretty much shadowing, um, what's his face, Jacobs, all day. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, I have to give London credit, or London some credit, because if you'll remember the last time we were in, um, the Ghetto Lands, it wasn't like this time was like that much better, but if you look to the last time where they just ran all over us for like 200 and some yards, it was. Which is what? Two yeah, to three yeah. times Which is better. What used to happen all the time, dude. Yeah, yeah. And they held. I have to say it. They held the uh, Giants to right at a hundred yards, and that's between Bradshaw and Jacobs. Jacobs, I think, had around forty. Um, it was a decent, um, you know, showing as far as that goes. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they they total one hundred and three yards on the game. Um, total for all of their guys. Brandon Jacobs only had 46 of that. Bradshaw had 60. Um, Eli Manning subtracted three <laughs> from the total because, you know, we all know how mobile Eli Manning is. And, you know, that's pretty respectable. I thought the defense really uh, got solid in the second half, but uh, the first half, not so much. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, maybe it's time to move on into the... It's time for this week's Kicking the Balls Award. Oof. This week, Kicking the Balls Award is brought to you by Triangle Casket Store. Triangle Casket Store. Anyway, oh, who are we going to kick, dude? Um, My kick? Do you mind if I go ahead and give my kick right away? Go for it. You've been itching for it. Dude, I'm itching. I'm itching. Dude, my kick. Damn, D'Angelo Hall and his big fat contract. 
what the hell happened in that game? Dude couldn't tackle, dude couldn't cover, and dude, he got a block in the back on a kick return. And at least I got to give to the guy, yeah, thank you. I got to give the guy some credit because after the game on Comcast, he actually came out and he was like, man, I was probably the worst guy out there on the team. We all have to do better, but I was one of the worst ones out there. Um, he said, he said, uh, quote, number one on that list, talking about people who had to definitely tackle better. Um, and he even called himself out for that block in the back, which is one of my just, just hated plays of all time. Yeah. So, it, but you know, dude got victimized, couldn't tackle. Pe- I mean, I, you know, and Fred Smoot came out, and after two great preseason games, he couldn't tackle anybody either. Uh, Carl, oh man, just, Rogers had one hit him in the hands again. And I know that D'Angelo Hall did have a pick in the second half on a tip, and that's cool and all. But you know, we need someone to be a consistent cover like Daryl Green. We don't need one guy to have a flashy play, one pick in the game. A la, you know, Deion Sanders style, but get burnt up and down the field for the rest of the game, which is what people always forget about him. We need someone who can cover all the time and not completely take out the number one receiver on the other team, and that did not happen. D'Angelo Hall was horrible. And we saw him exposed horribly by Randy Moss in the preseason. And now oh, it's Lord. carried yeah, over. Randy Moss owned him. And now it's, we were like, well, that's Randy Moss, but now it's kind of carried over to dudes that, you know, are not the caliber receiver as Randy Moss. Yeah, and and for those of you who have been longtime listeners, or at least until the second half of last year, uh, after we picked him up, he started making plays, and he was getting those turnovers that we needed. You know, those turnovers, those big plays. And he didn't get burnt too many times, but as the, the second half of the season was moving on, and he was playing more and more, he did start getting burnt, and the only reason he didn't give up, give up as many plays as he should have, was basically receivers were were just not... It was either a bad throw or receivers weren't getting to the ball or they were overrunning the ball or underrunning it or or they dropped the ball. I mean, there were so many plays. There were at least three I could remember in the last four games where D'Angelo Hall got burnt bad. Mm-hmm. And there was one where he got burnt really bad and then he got run into by one of his own teammates. And then he jumped up like, man, what's your problem? Why are you running into me? All like like it wasn't his fault that he had already been burnt. <laughs> I can't remember that guy's name, but that was his last game of the season last year. He had to be put on IR because he hurt himself on that play. I don't. He was know. like some backup to the backup of the defensive ends. Oh yeah, Jason yeah. Taylor's backup. Anyway, um, cut. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good one, dude. But now you le- left me with a dilemma because I have two guys that I really needed to kick. And I thought you were going to take one of them, so I think I'm just going to oh, go We're going to have to give one to Josh, then. Yeah, I'm going to take one for Josh. Anyway, <laughs> all right, my first one is going to have to go to Jim Zorn. 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 Dude, what was up? All right, I haven't even seen anyone really talk about this in any posts or anywhere. Yeah. Well, what was up with um, uh, after Portis was obviously, you know, just running into the back of his own dudes and not going anywhere on every yeah. single first down with yeah. us not switching to something that worked like pass? Oh, you mean like throwing a bunch of pass plays um, in the first half or even in the third quarter, like actually passing the ball against a, a depleted 
Giants secondary missing their number one and number three corner. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, dude. We know the Gi- what the hey. We know the Giants have a stellar uh, run stopping defensive line. We know that they're they don't have their first and second cornerback in first and, and third. We first didn't and even third cornerback. I don't even think we threw a pass. Maybe we threw like a screen pass until the second quarter. Yeah, and and we didn't have the ball very much. The time of possession was really slanted towards the Giants in that first half in general. But dude, seriously. You get the ball, and it, it was like Joe Gibbs was back. It was like run, run, pass, punt, or run, run, run again, punt. We got the ball near our own end zone, and Zorn was afraid to pass. Yeah, I can't even tell you how many times uh, it was like third and eight because we had run on first down and get like one yard, run on second down and get like one yard, and then it would be like third and eight or third and seven. Yeah. And then it was like – to the point where it was like, all right, and they didn't even try play action. It's like, if you're going to do that for a little while, maybe throw some yeah. play action in there and pass it on first down and, you know, catch them off guard. Yeah, and we know that Jason Campbell can play the play action pass. When he rolls out, he's a really good quarterback usually. But, I mean, like in the second quarter, for instance, it was just inside the second corner. The Redskins got the ball. It was like, I think, 13-30 left in the second quarter. And it was three running plays in a row. Even on third and long. Oh, yeah, and the drive where we got it at, like, our five-yard line, and they just ran it three times. Is that what you're talking about? Ran it three times and punted. It's like, why are you – I understand you don't want to give up a safety. You're afraid of that. But I think you have more of a chance of giving up a safety with with Tuck and Yuminura and Robbins and all those guys just busting through, you know, to knock down – Clinton Portis, just give Jason Campbell a chance to throw the damn ball. Yeah, the thing that was bothering me, though, is the offensive line was an, on pass defense was holding up. They looked yeah, pretty decent. they were decent. pretty good. They were pretty good. And then, of course, when Jason Campbell finally did get a chance to throw the ball, he goes and does, does things like what Josh is getting ready to give him his kick for, <laughs> which is run three yards past the line of scrimmage and then throw a pick. Either that. Or fade back behind the pocket and get the ball stripped. He had a huge pocket on that play. I swear it was like an eight-yard circle in the pocket, and he like drifted oh, all the way back. Oh, that one where he back. didn't move up in the pocket, and the, and the ball got stripped by using yes. O.C. Uminura. Yeah, he had so much space if he would have just stepped up. I swear. Yeah, all he had to do was step up. And he's a big guy, and there was plenty of room for him, dude. You're totally right. Yeah. And then all these people on message boards and stuff were like, well, he was getting tons of pressure. I was like, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. All he had to do was step up. The the tackles were totally play after play for most of the game. They were totally just sending the guys coming off the end. They were just totally running them straight past him. All he had to do was step up in the pocket. They weren't getting a lot of penetration up the middle for the most part. Yeah, and like some of you guys were like, he was too getting some penetration. He, He was getting some heat. Because, all right, they ran it every first and second down. What are they going to do on third and seven and third and eight? They have to pass. Exactly. Exactly. That's and, my point. Uh, anyway. They became one-dimensional, on basically, that. very quickly. Yeah. And so I that's why I give Jim, Jim Zorn my kick, because I think it was more play calling than anything else. And yeah, it, I agree. But Josh. Although Campbell did. Although Campbell, uh, Josh, Josh here, Josh here. Although Campbell did make some bonehead plays, 
Uh, Dude, there's no excuse. And every single time I ever see a quarterback that goes three yards over the line of scrimmage and then throws an interception, they are going to get a kick. Yeah, that, that was just absolutely ridiculous. Thank you. Oh, my. And, you know, on that one where he got stripped, not only did he not move up in the pocket, but, you know, they've been working for, you know, before Zorn got here for Jason Campbell, big-ass Jason Campbell, to quit swinging his arm in a big-ass circle when he's throwing the ball down the field. And so he had that ball, like, like his arm was completely extended all the way to the back. As you heard me hit my trash can, my Redskins trash can with my hand, as I reached be- it back behind my chair here. He went all the way back in this big circle, and and they've been working on him to shorten that movement, to keep his arm close to his body so he didn't expose the ball back there for guys to get their mitts on it. And that's exactly what happened. Basically, Jason Campbell reverted back to the big mistake-prone Jason Campbell that we've known for the last couple years. And that's not going to stand this year. He can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got... He's got to shorten it up. He's got to throw the ball. He's got to get rid of the ball. He's got to make better decisions. I mean, that one running past the line of scrimmage and then throwing that pick. That was ridiculous. That's nine feet past the line of scrimmage. And Joe Yuck, of course, was like, well, Santana Moss could have made a better break back towards the ball. And I'm like, Santana Moss saw that he was three yards over the line of scrimmage and didn't expect him to throw it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. And if you guys, well, first of all, my kick also goes to Fox Sports. (laughs) or at least the local Fox station here in Hampton Roads, for showing like four minutes of commercials after the damn Dallas game was over and then coming to the game on second down after the kick, like I missed the kickoff because they had to show commercials. And it wasn't even like commercials like national commercials. It was like commercials like, watch Family Guy tonight on Fox 43. (laughs) Like their own commercial. You know, garbage like that. And I'm just like, the ball's been kicked off. What? Stuff and like, I used many non-family-friendly name words on that. Stuff like, um, it might rain tomorrow more at 11. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are uh, you safe in America? Oh, man. You know, just garbage like that. And I'm just like, I don't give a damn. Give me football. <laughs> um, so, oh, man. And, and, and then to go right into the game and, and see the bonehead plays that we were seeing. It was just very, very... Uh, it was very discouraging to see Jason Campbell not looking like he had grown very much. And his he did get the ball off a lot to, as we said, Randall L. as the third receiver, which is really where Randall L. belongs, and we know that. But, man, and Chris he didn't Cooley. include Santana Moss or Malcolm Kelly hardly at all in the game. We do have to mention that Chris Cooley had seven catches himself. He did, but that's another thing. And, Aaron, you mentioned this before the game, that the, uh, the, the run and pass ratio was almost evenly split. But that was because in the fourth quarter, all we did was pass the ball, finally. But at that point, it was out of complete and sheer necessity because we couldn't have, we didn't have time to run the ball. And it worked. And he I just kept add. dumping it off underneath the Cooley and uh, Randall L, which he did a little bit earlier with Randall L. But he just kept dumping it off, dumping it off, dumping it off, and finally they got that touchdown. Well, I said before the game that Randall L was going to have a huge day because he was up against like the fourth, you know, cornerback or third cornerback and like linebackers. He was really and, up against the fifth cornerback, the nickelback, because their first and third, their nickelback was out, so it would be two, four, five yeah. for them. So he was against their fifth best coverage guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like, why? And I and I think I still think that the reason they were able to rip off that huge run on like the first play from scrimmage 
was because Portis, Zorn, and all everyone was like, yeah, we can air it out now. We're going to do the pass to open up the run. I think the Giants yeah. were like, they're going to come in here and throw a bomb on first down. We know it. And we bust off. It was like a few years ago when we opened the season against the, I think it was against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think it might have been against the Cardinals. Either way, the very first play from scrimmage, Clinton Portis, it was Joe Gibbs' first game back, I think, and get, and Portis busted it out for a huge gain. I think it was a touchdown on the first play. And then we ended up barely winning the game because they shut down the run for the rest of the game. It was kind of the same thing. It's like they figured we were going to come out and pass because logic tells you that you should. And instead, we just kept trying to pound the damn ball for no reason. We didn't, it was almost like Zorn was trying to outthink himself because he's so heady and he just thinks about stuff all the time like that. I think he thought him, he outthought himself and he was too worried about, oh, well, they know we're going to go for the pass, so let's go for the run. No, beat them with the pass. I know. He's like the dude from The Princess Bride with the poison. Yeah. You think that I think. Short dude, Wallace Shawn. (laughs) He's like, I clearly cannot take the glass that is in front of me. But you are, blah, 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 and you might do this, so I clearly cannot drink from the glass in front of you. That guy. Yeah, inconceivable. Totally. Yeah, totally. And he just kept out thinking himself. That's the only explanation I can have. Or he sucks. <laughs> That's an Speaking easy. Speaking of sucking, we gotta give one more kick in the balls in this game. Alright, go ahead. Because we can't, we can't just put it off on the guys we've been getting here. We gotta give a collective one to LaRon Landry, the dirty 30. <laughs> dirty 30. What was up with that late hit like five yards out of bounds? Dude, he literally pushed McIntyre out of the way at the sideline to make that late hit. McIntyre was there and held up, and he actually pushed his way around McIntyre. Who's McIntyre? Just to make a late hit. Who's I Ma- mean, McIntosh, I'm sorry. McIntosh. Just to make a late hit. Seriously. Yeah, it was pretty weak. And not to mention I mean, there were I a thought, few times, you mentioned this, there were a few times during the game where Horton was like telling Landry where he needed to be. Yeah, dudes, we got to give a shout-out, a good shout-out to Horton because there was twice in the first half, and it probably happened more, and I didn't even notice it to this point, but Horton, dudes, Horton is going to be the leader of this defense once Fletcher retires or, or whatever happens. This dude knows what is going on on the field. He's sitting there running up. There were two times. He, I saw at one point he ran up, and he comes up behind a couple of guys, uh, linebackers, and he's like pointing, pointing at Brandon Jacobs. And he's pointing about at where he's going to run through the line, where they're going to open it up. And, like, they just – I guess they didn't listen because they didn't play that gap, and he just blew right by him. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then he- a little bit later, it was at the uh, – it was in one of the uh, the red line – or red zone um, um, stands that the defense made. He ran up and he was, and he, or he called, he was on the left side of, of the defense. And he called over to Landry, who was on the right side, and was like, get over here, get over here, get over here, and put him, literally, like, like pointed and was like, get right there, and he got right there, and Landry actually made the tackle because they tried to run right through that gap. Mm-hmm. Horton knows what's going on. Oh yeah, dude. And it took him a while to actually start listening to him, dude. I'm glad you called that because I totally forgot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's just so much going on with this game. But, dude, Landry, I thought Landry got benched for a while. I haven't heard that he did, and I don't think he did. But suddenly, Reed Dowdy ended up on the field. We were playing three safeties. And Reed Dowdy was all over the place like he was in that final preseason game. Like, Reed Dowdy was playing his gaps, being where he was supposed to be like Chris Horton was. And blitzing. And I think that's why he worked his way out onto the field. And he was making tackles. 
His eyes Unlike are all buggy. D'Angelo Hall and Smoot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, man, the defense the defense did shore up in the second half, and they did have that, that tip, I think it was by Landry, and the interception by Hall. But, like, too little, too late, dudes. It was by Landry. It, yeah. It was. But too little, too late. Yeah. And seriously, Landry, when you move one of your other players out of the way just to make a late hit, you got issues. And you got to figure that out. Yeah, Landry was also missing tons of tackles, dude. Mm-hmm. He was doing he was, that he thing. Was having, I mean, he had bad angles. He was just not on. All he wanted to do was put his head down and spear people and, and hit people and blow them up. And I thought he was more mature than that. I was really disappointed to see that. And he was, like, missing. He was, like, sailor diving into their shoulder pad mm-hmm. and bouncing off. Yeah, he was starting to get – yeah. It looked like the last time we went up to the Meadowlands. Uh-huh. It's, Where the defense was horrible in the first half and then shorted up in the second half. Like, they made the adjustments, but the offense wasn't good enough to uh, to complete the comeback. Let's look on the bright side, dude. Isn't that the last time, you know, you know barring playoffs? That's the last that time all season there? we have to go to the Meadowlands. Unless we make the playoffs, and then we're going to be like, oh, great. Great. Well, dude, after we go 15-1, and one, it's going to be going through our house, so I don't know what you're worried about. <laughs> Speaking of, if you haven't looked at the schedule... Um, <laughs> If you haven't looked at the schedule recently, I believe the next two or three weeks, who are we playing? Like the Rams, the uh We got the Rams Panthers, coming up next. Who looked horrible. Um, it's a one o'clock game. Gosh, who's next? Yeah, if you I'll think we look bad, right what now. about the what about the Panthers, dude? They lost like what was it, thirty eight to seven? They benched Delome. Dude, I've been t- saying it for a while. Delome is is Delome was always kinda overrated and he's really I believe he's past his prime. Hey, who else we playing? The Lions? All right, next we were playing the Rams, then the Lions, and then I think we yeah, have... Yeah, at the Lions, then we got the Carolina. Buccaneers, who always cheat. And Carolina. And then yep. after that, I think we have San Francisco. No, we got the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs. Yeah, we got five games in a row that we absolutely positively should win. So any other... And then we have the Eagles at home on the 26th of October. Please stand clear of the closing doors. Hey, what's up? You made it, dude. Hey, there's Josh, except for that uh, the people can't hear him unless he's recording right now. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. What's happening? What's up? We were just talking about um, the next five games the Redskins have should be pushovers, dude. But if they're not, then um, if you guys think we're depressed tr- if now. We're not, if, we, if we don't win all five of those games, we're going to be in big trouble by the time oh, yeah. we go to – we have the Eagles come to town on October 26th. They're already – t- Vic. Coming to town. There are already people like talking about how um, you, they they already they're already marking it down that the Redskins are going to lose to the Lions. <clears throat> so. I think we will extend the Lions losing streak. I hope so. We better. We've only lost to the Lions once. What ever? <laughs> um, I think so. Yes, and never- once ever, and it was at uh, it was in Detroit. Yeah. It was in Detroit. It's not going to happen this time. They're horrible. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, they didn't look as bad as Carolina did. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So Josh, while we were uh, while while you were out, um, we we figured that your game ball was going to go to D'Angelo Hall and your kicking the balls was going to go to uh, Chris Horton. Is that correct? Um. No. <laughs> we act, who did we give him for the game ball? I forget. Uh, no, we said that Josh's game ball was going to, um, I forget. Did we even give one out for him? We did. We gave it a was kick. someone who deserved it. We gave did your, we give it to London Fletcher for you? 
Yeah, I yeah. Linda Fletcher with what, 16, 17 sacks on the on the game? Tackles. Sackles. Sackles, <laughs> excuse me. And we also, Sackles. I think, we gave, your, we gave your kick in the balls award to Jason Campbell, I think. I think so, because we had already picked uh, D'Angelo Hall and, and uh, Zorn on that one. But if you want to change those, go ahead real quick and uh, chime in on that. No, I, you know, I would give. I was going to give my kick to Leron Landry because he had, he was like a fly, he was like a flying squirrel that never hit anything. Like he missed all the trees. <laughs> we totally you know, just like, said that too. We were like, yeah, and we're we giving did, a we collect- gave like a collective kick. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we were saying the I same. Mean, that was going to be my kick. I said he just looked like some dude that was sailor diving all over the field, not hitting anything. Except yeah. for that one hit out of bounds that he pushed McIntosh out of the way just to make. Yeah. It just blows like, my mind. It's like, where are, where's your head, man? What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, he was kind of, you know, he was kind of like a flying squirrel, dude. That's, I, I was probably going to get my game ball not to London Fletcher. I mean, obviously London Fletcher had a great game, but I was probably going to get my game ball to Rocky McIntosh. I just felt like he, uh, he had a, a really stellar game, I thought. So, there well, you go. He had a pretty solid game. Rocky McIntosh. That's a good point. He was pretty active out there, and he, uh, I think he only had he only had a uh, five tackles and assist on the game, but he was he was around and he was all over the place. Mm-hmm. The plays he made seemed to be really big impact type plays. So it was, you know, yeah. I just I felt like uh, finally we're getting to see some Rocky. So that was that was good. So yeah. how did you guys feel nice about um, how did you guys feel about Fat Albert's play? Hey, hey, hey. hey. Hey, hey, hey! I thought that along with the rest of the defense, that he was less than stellar in the first half, and in the second half, um, he shored it up. He was really pushing by the by in the second half. He was really, really, really uh, uh, penetrating uh, very deeply through the line and pushing one or two guys back on nearly every play that he was in. Even though, as Aaron said, he was like, dude, he doesn't even get into his stance until right before the ball is hiked. Mm -hmm. Because he's all, like, looking, like, just big and out of shape. And I think he just had to get his, uh, he just had to get his legs under him and get out there and get going, along with, obviously, the rest of the defense. He's kind of like a big diesel truck. He's got to warm up. What was your... My assessment of number 92 was that he got a good dose of NFC East, which he's not really used to. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, personally, I, I think that he looked uh, tired, winded. Now, we did point, you did point out that, uh, or at least we talked about earlier on, that he was being triple teamed and double teamed quite a bit. But uh, I don't know, dudes. I, you know, I expected to see more out of him. I mean, like you said, John, he kind of, kind of found his way a little bit. But um, I'm hoping to see he has a big game next week because um, if that's the way it's going to be, his play against uh, other NFC East opponents, I'm saying not worth the money. Yeah, I think that's a really good point is that he's not quite used to the uh, the actual, you know, and it's not like it was cold and wet and muddy and windy or anything like that. But the NFC East is is not exactly, you know, Memphis or Nashville or wherever the hell the Nashville next play. Dude. (laughs) I mean, Tennessee Titans. There is this one point Um, in the game where he was like, I was like, where is he? Why isn't he in? And they showed him like over on the bench and he looked like he was going to vomit. Dude, I thought he looked like he was going to puke. I know, dude. I was like, what's wrong with him? He does not look good. 
Yeah, I thought I he looked he sick. Played, he looked like he was sick. Yeah. I think he played, especially in the second half, he played more than he was expecting. Mm-hmm. Because the coaching staff was like, we need you in there. We just need you in there. But think about the point spread for the Giants during that game. They scored 17 in the first half and then six in the second half. And all six of those points came in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think along with the rest of the defense, everyone really uh, really got solid there. And I really thought that he got much, much better in the second half of the game. Um, our defensive ends have just got to get better pressure. I mean, they've got to take advantage of that. Oh, and we do also And have... I know that the Giants have a very strong veteran offensive line. And they've been together for a while. So those guys, it's a pretty good offensive line to go up against. But our, our ends didn't seem to really take advantage. Well, I guess they kind of did, but we didn't get the sack totals or anything like that That's like thing, you want to see. If if we're tri- if he's being triple teamed all that time, why, why why doesn't that open up that, you know, I mean, where where was everybody? If you got three yeah. guys on Hainsworth, shouldn't we have seen more sacks from the outside? Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly. I do have to point out, though, that. that we did stop the Giants on that fourth and one that we have never stopped last year. Yep. See, I'm and telling Hainsworth you, he's was huge on that play. flashy, but in the his second half, he really showed his stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, well, yeah, it's, I think it's really one of those, well, yeah, he did do this, yeah, he did do that. And I think there's going to be a lot of that with him this year. But to make it seem like really worthwhile, our our ends and and you know linebackers, whoever the hell is going to be rushing in there as well, they they on a four man rush that late in the game, we should really have worn down an offensive line. Let's just see how we um, do this week, dudes. We won't, don't need to write everything off on one week. No way. No, but it's I the do. first week, no, no. everyone it was it was everyone's first full game. You know, they're just rounding into form here. Mm-hmm. Which one of you kicked Zorn? I did. Aaron. Isn't that two weeks in a row? Didn't you kick him last week? I don't remember. Um, Josh, what's a good, eating? I'm eating pizza. That's a good kick, dude, because <laughs> uh, I'm eating pizza from one of our sponsors. When you're in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, be sure to visit Amonte Pizza. Amonte Pizza, fresh ingredients make better pizza. Oh, wait a minute. That's somebody else's. Uh, wait, are they Redskins fans there? Is that a Monty Coleman's? Uh... The, dude, the dude's the dude's from Maryland. He went to Maryland. He's a Redskins fan. Um, Solid. Um, dude. Let me um, no. Let me point this out. I think that's a good a good kick, Aaron, for uh, to kick Zorn because, uh, and maybe you guys already said this, um, but I know John. We were talking about it after the uh, after the game about the whole uh, run, run, pass, punt uh, situation that Zorn kept deciding to put themselves into. And, um, and you know, what's with, what's with that? I mean, Randall L could have caught balls all day long if, if Zorn had just passed them to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like every time Randall L was in there, you know, in the slot, there's another, there's another reception for him. Yeah. And we're moving, yeah. and we're moving the chains. We're moving, you know, we're getting, getting yardage that way. Yep. And then, yep. and, and then. That's why you got to. Josh, we already talked we about We already talked this. about all we're this. We're rehashing. All right, I hate to re- I'm sorry. Did, can I talk about Clinton Portis? Did you talk about him? You can talk about him. Yeah. Okay. Clinton Portis, on the other hand, the run-run part of the run-run-pass punt. Um, Clinton Portis, in my opinion, he had that one big breakout run at the beginning there. But then after that, it was like, you know. Where you at? What, was he even looking where he was going? Did he Did he just, did somebody put like duct tape over his uh, mask and he was just running until he ran into something? Seemed like he would run into guys and just stop like a wall. 
He needs to go take some vision courses from Marcus Mason. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> Tran. Yeah, I was I was really depressed to see that Marcus Mason was inactive while Marco Mitchell and and Mike Williams were active. I thought that uh, Mason could have been a very good change of pace back. Yeah, I think especially later in the game when hopefully you've got the Giants defense a little bit winded and you can throw him out there and let him just zip down the field. Yeah, Zorn. Honestly, Zorn. I it, thought Betts. I thought Betts was handling the ball better than Clinton Portis. If you're not going to like pass yeah. the ball, why do you need that fifth wide receiver active? Seriously. Exactly. Well, we did yeah. run that play where we had five wide outs. We did. We did. No, that's a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what was that? The last play of the game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, all right. Well, I think uh, let's just go ahead and uh, take a break right here. And when we come right. back, uh, we will talk about the Redskins trademark case going on to the Supreme Court. Yep. Just a little bit, though. We're not going to harp on this yeah, one. Yeah, because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this is Harry Hog Football, the original Redskins fans podcast. Now in high definition. Only at HarryHogFootball.com and RedskinsBook.com. Welcome back, Redskins fans. I kind of like that. Uh, we're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. It's very um, representational. Of the Harry Hog line. Of the Harry Hog line. That's right. <laughs> anyway, John. What? Go ahead with the Redskins trademark case because I didn't even look at it because I really just didn't care anymore. All right. Basically, dudes, what's going on with the Redskins trademark case is uh, – a short summary of the history of it right now is that the uh, trademark and patent office office back in the 90s did take away the Redskins trademark on the term Redskins, saying that it was offensive and could not be trademarked. But that case has been overturned many times at, at varying levels going upwards um, of the court systems, saying that basically the people, the Native Americans, First Americans, uh, whatever the nomenclature is this week, have waited way too long, and the statute of limitations has passed. They've waited way too long to make a case of this. Um, so that group has actually appealed to the Supreme Court this week to have the case heard um, as to whether the name or term Redskins can be trademarked. Um, hmm. So basically, it's been thrown out on a technicality two or three times as the courts as they've moved their way up through the court system. So now they're asking the Supreme Court. To view the case. So chances are they won't even look at the case. They'll be like, nope, we gotta let it stand because it's a technicality. And, you know, that's usually how it works in the courts. So, dude, what's Um, the big thing? The the thing is, though, there's another group of much younger people who the statute of limitations have not run out on, much younger Native Americans, um, who are going to bring up the case again. But I guess until this case is done, those guys are going to be waiting in the wings, and then their statute of limitations is going to run out, so they're going to have to find some more 18-year-old first American, Native American, American Indians. So what's the basis of the law now? You can't trademark something that's offensive? 
they're saying you can't trademark something that's offensive, and that's what the U.S. Um, what's the official name? The uh, the the. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office? The U.S. I think that's it. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And what, um, I made that up. what year did they patent the, it? The, the decision is the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board. Um, what year did they trademark? They could not do that. And then the, uh, the Redskins appealed to federal court and have been moving along along that line. Dude, what year did they trademark it? Do you know? Was it like in the 60s or something? 50s, 30s? I believe 30s? it was in the 60s, and the people did not bring the lawsuit to light until 1992, which was way past the statute of limitations. Um, they won their case in 1999, but then the uh, federal courts have started, you know, as, uh, were the Redskins appealed to the federal courts. The federal courts said, oh, yeah, they waited way too long. The statute of limitations passed on them a long time ago because they were alive back in the 60s. And of age to actually make an appeal on their own as adults. But who did so now they've gotten people who were not adults until the 90s, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old in the 90s or even the 2000s. Who can bring the course or bring this to court legally? So eventually Dan Snyder's going to have to uh, face this because the whole point is if they take away the trademark on the Redskins, everybody can use the Redskins for merchandising, which means that the Danny will lose hundreds of millions of dollars. And at that <laughs> point, we'll see what Mr. Fanboy, how true he really is to the Washington Redskins. So, because we all know, as we've mentioned in podcasts past, that he did trademark the name the Washington Warriors back in the 90s when he also paid for the rights to a uh, an arena league football team for the Washington, D.C. area. One, blocking anyone else from starting an arena league team in the area because he never did it. And two, keeping the rights to what could end up being the name of the Washington Redskins in the future. So um, so that was my short, long-winded uh, explanation. Interesting. By the way, the trademark was first issued in 1967. So did, do, um, let, me, let me ask you this. These people that are actually trying to fight this, do you think they're really offended or are they looking for a handout? I don't think they're going to be making any money off it. They, I think they're truly offended. Okay, so you don't think that if Dan Snyder's like, I'll give you a million dollars to drop it, they, they wouldn't take it. They're all on principle there. I think I do not think that they would. I think because, I think you should try that approach, dude. That. Aaron, saying that, I bet they've tried that. Dude, didn't they just win this back in? Didn't this come through like in May? Wasn't in this old news? I mean, they tried no, again this week day, because today. today they actually appealed it to the Supreme Court. The federal oh. court backed it up, backed up the uh, what the appeals court said beforehand. And I'm sure which was that they waited too long the statute of limitations had expired. And now they're taken to to the Supreme Court asking them to actually listen to the case, which the Supreme Court for the vast majority of the cases they're asked to even listen to, they say, No, we don't have time. That's not important enough. And they they send it back to the last court that, that saw it, and that court usually stands by its own decision. Yeah. And well, let I'll- me ask this question. Let me ask this question. There are six Native Americans, or excuse me, American Indians, or, or, or first whatever the proper. There you go. Um, there are six of them that are uh, that have filed this this court case. Is that right? Are they I believe it's six are, or seven? Are, I forget. Now, are they six Indians, or Native Americans, first Americans? Are they six from various um, 
tribes as a representative, or is it um, all, just six, you know, random folks who have stood up to say we want to do this? What what's the background there? These are six Native Americans. Are they from Texas? Okay. What are they from? Dallas area? Just asking, <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> That's a valid question, dude. I'm looking That's for motive question. here. I'm looking for ulterior. What are you motive. saying? Conspiracy that Jerry Jones is behind this? No, I'm just saying that you know Cowboys fans might be out to like you know try to wreck stuff. That's all. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It's like I don't go out to try to like take everyone to court of everything I find offensive in the world. Well, like like <laughs> I've said before in podcast anyway. past, you know my my lineage is 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 a. Uh, English and Scottish, and I, I don't go and protest in front of, you know, Mad- Boston Garden because the <laughs> Celtics mascot is a short, pot-bellied guy with a stupid bowler hat and a cane. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, we're in Shamrocks, and neither does, you know, my better half, whose lineage is 100% Irish. So, yeah, so. you know, it's seriously... Seriously. Anyway, I think we spent enough time on that, and we should uh, move forward to... Um, I agree. Do we have Tom's trivia, Josh? I didn't get it. I didn't see it in the folder. We, we do have we do have a Tom's trivia. Why don't you put it right here? Hey, guys. It's Tom calling with a, uh, some Tom's trivia. Uh, last night's Redskins, um, I guess the first half looked pretty bad, except the opening drive looked good. I'm liking what I'm seeing. I like all these different uh, answers coming in from around the world. All right. Well, another... Uh, question I have because this is something I stumbled upon some random stat uh, yesterday and it made me think of uh, write in with your answers and I uh, look forward to hearing them okay. well uh, good luck you the rest of talk to you guys next week okay congratulations to whoever won Tom's trivia because I haven't heard it yet <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Anyway. Oh man. Um what else do we have? Does that pretty much wrap it up, dudes? We got uh That's just about it. Um What do you guys think about the game coming up this weekend? We mentioned it already. We got the home opener against the St. Louis Rams. Mm-hmm. Formerly mm-hmm. the greatest show on turf. One PM on Fox. Yep, yep. So go. if you guys are we're all gonna be watching this game from our various remote locations like we always do. What's the one thing that you want to see more than anything else during this game? Okay. Aaron. Can I go? Can I go? Aaron. I want to see the Redskins pass to open up the run. Fair enough. What about you, Josh? What do you think? I can tell you what I don't want to see. I don't want to see either Joe Buck or Troy Aikman. <laughs> and I don't want to see naked or Eli Manning that. again on our website. What was up with that? You want to see what? Naked Eli Manning on our website. Dude, he was only naked from the waist up. He was half naked. And it's not my fault, dude. You saw what he said on there about Tony Romo. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. In any event. Um, yeah, and dudes, is it just me or was Troy Aikman totally stroking the Cowboys for the first five minutes of that broadcast? Oh, I don't even want to talk about those guys. It, it was horrible. It was horrible. All you could talk about was the Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I'm going to keep it family friendly because I made some pretty crude remarks at that point between him and Joe Yuck. Joe <laughs> um, Yuck. Because uh, we don't like to use the F word around children. Hey, so gonna, um, uh, the one thing that... 
What's up? I was going to say, are you going to put pictures of, like, Mark Bolger on the website or something? Sick. Uh, now, Josh. Now, John. All right. What were you saying? What are you going to look <laughs> forward to? Uh, the one thing that I really want to see here during the game is that I want to see... I want to see like six different guys catch the ball, and I want to see him catch the ball a lot. I want to see Malcolm Kelly go down the field and catch the ball. I want to see Santana Moss go down the field and catch the ball. And I want to see Jason Campbell damn throw the ball instead of hang out forever and ever and make a decision. Yeah, just make a decision. So I guess that's my main thing. I want to see Jason Campbell make have better decision-making. Because yeah. if we go into this second game against a team that lost 28 to nothing against the Seahawks... And play like absolute dog poo poo. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be really, 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 poo-poo. really upset, and I'm really gonna have to start poo-poo. questioning my loyalty to uh, Big Smooth Jason Campbell, number seventeen. Oh yeah, because I'm not. I you know it's only the first week, but uh, did you guys see the stellar and I do mean stellar performance that Mark Sanchez had mm-hmm. to open up for the Jets? Oh, it's already been mentioned to me that we should have went to get. Oh my! But anyway. Did, anyway. did you also see the stellar Drew Brees performance, <clears throat> my quarterback in the fantasy league? Yeah, I do have to uh, bring that up for Josh um, in the Harry Hog Fantasy Football League. Um, all three of us did win our first week match. Josh, you matches. won? Man, can- Josh had the highest score in the league, Thank Dude, you very which much. is usually twice as high. Or which is twice as high as what he usually has. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> you've already equaled your wins from last season, and it's only week one. Congratulations. <laughs> you know Congratulations, what? Josh. As I left yeah. the message for John, I said, what I've truly found, it's, it's sort of a Zen yeah. thing. If you, you know, if you really, if you really want to win, just do not try at all. And so put it on auto pick. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to totally destroy John in the in the league uh, next weekend. But you know what? I didn't really, that. I didn't really tell you my serious thing. I'd like to see. I'll be really quick, and I, and I'd really like to see the defense step up. I'd like to see uh, what we've got in Albert Hainsworth. I'd like to see Andre Carter, Brian Arakpo getting in there from from linebackers and in positions. Um, I'd like to see some. You know, I'd like to see less work put on. London Fletcher, the, the reason that we're seeing so many tackles with London Fletcher this past week is because they're getting through the line, and I'd like to see that not happen. So that's what I'd really like to see this week. And there's one thing right on. there's one thing that I'd really like to see more than any of those things, and that's at the end of the game that the Redskins have more points than the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a given. That's a given. Anyway. Hey, um, I want to so real what quick. It comes down to, what it comes down to is to win the game you have to score more points than the opponent. More points. And that's the one on thing the that uh, that's the one thing that most people usually forget to mention when they're being interviewed. Most players, it's like we gotta do this to win. We gotta do that to win. You just gotta score more points. That's all I'm interested in. I said, mm-hmm. dude, it was pretty sad that our kickers had 11 of our 17 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I did give my game ball to Hunter Smith for that. That was, Dudes, that was stellar. Also, don't forget that. Um, we got beat by the Rams last year. Dude, why'd you got to bring that up? Because I don't want the and team. I think we got beat by them the time before because they had fat, fatty Steven Davis who looked like an out-of-shape tight end out there running the ball and destroying us. Yeah, but I'm just saying that because I know that Horton and Cooley and uh, Dowdy and a couple of the other guys uh, listen to our podcast, and I want them to right. not take this game sure. lightly. 
So anyway, all right. I think hey, that about me, wraps me, it up. Right, yeah, let me real quick, guys. Let me real quick. I want to give a shout out. I've been out in Oregon, Portland, Oregon, for the past four days, and uh, Oregon. I want to give a quick shout to uh, Corey, to Tyson, to Jessica, Nate, and Colin, and there were a handful of other Redskins fans on hand, and we all sat in the BW3s in uh, Portland to watch the game. And um, it was a pleasant experience watching with some West Coast Redskins fans. So shout out to those guys out there. Excellent. Did, did you drink uh, like wheatgrass smoothies? That's no, California, I did not. Dude. But, but they do have some fine locally brewed beverages uh, in Portland, a number of them, and those were enjoyed by all. All right. right on. Actually, I, Portland's one of those cities I've never been to. Portland, Oregon, and it's 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 it. I'm almost. I could. I think I can use the word infatuated. I would really like to go out there and check it out. Yeah, Portland is. Um, it's one of those cities. If you go and you stay, you know, a few days too long, you might just not want to come back. So. Right great, great place out there, great people, and great Redskins fans. And you guys can check out... faith on the West Coast, in the Pacific Northwest. And you guys can check out more about Josh's trip to Portland on his new travel channel show called Harry Hog Football Goes West. Um, actually, actually, we're still waiting on the contract details from the travel channel on that. So if, uh, if they move them along, we'll get you guys some... Uh, some, some anyway, that about wraps it up. Send us an email. Redskins fan, harryhogfootball.com. Or send us a phone call at Redskins fan and harryhogfootball.com. Or, you know, the answer to Tom's trivia. Send it to us. Send your answer to Tom's trivia. You can also follow us on Twitter at harryhog on Twitter. And, you know, visit redskinsbook.com and all those other good things. And Tom's trivia is Tom at harryhuckleball.com. Okay, so that about wraps it up. Hail to the Redskins. Hopefully, cross your fingers, we'll actually get a victory this weekend against 15-1. Woo! And um, remember, if you see a Cowboys fan, you know what to do. Joe Joe Joe. Joe.